Honey Hush is a podcast by a Southern businesswoman who knows a thing or two about using honey to attract the bees. Every week, Elizabeth will discuss up-and-coming and established leaders alike how to win influence with one simple strategy, kindness. Whether you're a successful entrepreneur or still in the dream phase, Honey Hush will teach you that the sweeter the honey, the more bees you'll attract. Community is always more fun than competition. I have some really fantastic friends. One of my favorite things about our group is there is an almost 20-year age range between all of us, from the youngest to the oldest. And no, I'm not the oldest. I'm like, I think, the third oldest, but you know. That gives so much perspective and opportunity for support in various ways. My older kids can provide babysitting to the younger mamas, and those ladies, you and the younger mamas, actually help me with my styling tips and things. keeps me relevant. Some of us are full-time homemakers, and others are full-time career women. We even have some single ladies in our group. I say all of this because diversity can either be embraced and empowering, or it can lead to comparison and jealousy. And look, like any group of females, okay, we had a bump in the road at one point throughout the year, and it really broke my heart. I reached out to a friend in another town who does not know any of these ladies, and I asked for suggestions on how to be a conduit of unity, to bring our our group back. She suggested the book Living Fearless by Jamie Winship. The author is a man. So Jamie, who wrote the book Living Fearless, he's a man. He is not talking about female relationships at all, but what he writes about is exchanging the lives of the world for the liberating truth of God. And I don't want to ruin the book for you, but it is written on the back, so I guess that's not really cheating. It says, all human conflict originates from fear, and fear originates from a false view of God, ourselves and others. Until we exchange what is false for what is real, We will never experience the true freedom of our identity in Christ. Y'all, if there ever was a mic drop, that was it. The book does not have traditional chapters. Instead, it's got parts. It has four parts. And, you know, the book is meant to be read in a one 10-hour sitting sort of retreat style. But, you know, few people have time or I guess the discipline. I mean, I'd be, you know, in my case, I don't have the attention span. Okay, to sit and read a book for 10 hours. So what my friends and I decided to do was to meet on Tuesdays, every Tuesday around my kitchen table for lunch. And we just discuss each part as we dissect the topics in there. And some of the topics are the difference between a confession and apology and repentance. Another topic is the real me, the true me and the false me. Another one is knowing what it means to abide in Christ, not just be in association with him. Learning how to tell ourselves and others the true truth. Um, Another one was being generative and genuine in our conversations, not just formulative and predictable. I mean, and that's just high-level information there, y'all. I mean, it's such an amazing book. We can live fearless and laugh at the days ahead when we know who put the days together and can trust why he did so. The book challenges the reader to pay attention to what is really happening around you, to stop being selfish and being a conscious avoider of conflict and pain. One place that fascinated me was a model of a person. He talked about um, we are all either at a state of sick, at a state of well, or at a state of fit. 
and that there is a continuum that connects your sickness, your wellness, and your fitness. Your mind, body, and spirit are in one relationship, just like your Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They work in relation to one another. So if one part of you is unfit, all parts of you suffer. When people who are well feel bad, they end up getting sick. When people who are fit feel bad, they feel well. This book helps you establish fitness in all areas of your life by simply showing you the truth of who you are through the lens of who God is first. And when you know your identity, there's no thief that can sneak in to destroy what God has already established. Jealousy and discontentment, decisiveness, comparison, it all goes away for you. However, you cannot enter someone else in this journey, though. It's very personal, just like any other fitness journey. There's only one room, you know, only room for one person on a treadmill. And I mean, we, you know, I think a you know, toxic trait, you know, of mine would be that I'm the world's worst at entering people into races that they're not interested in running. Not literal races, not literal running. I'm just using this as a as a metaphor. The only thing I'm responsible for doing is acknowledging where I am sick or where I am well and to work towards my fitness in my mind, body, and spirit. The verse that was shared one Tuesday that continues to stick out to me um, is Psalms 19:14, And it says, let the word of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Our strength and our desire for this type of living comes only from God. And the fact that he is referred to as our redeemer just predicts our eventual need for him for and for, and for his grace because we're going to mess it up. And I'm going to end this particular episode by reading an excerpt from a prayer in the book after the author challenges the reader to ask God, what do you want me to know right now? He calls it silencing the room. Father, thank you that your beloved son or daughter was knit together in their mother's womb by you, no matter what they believe. It doesn't matter what any of us believe. The reality is that you knit us together in our mother's womb. And when you did so, you gave us an identity. You built an identity into our DNA. And your goal for us, your joy for us, is that we would understand that identity and live it out. And that in living it out, we become one with you. Living out our identity, we become immortal and eternally joyful. That's what happens. God, because of Jesus, we can come right into your presence, into the presence of the living God right now. Because of Christ, our Savior, you say to us, come boldly to the throne of grace in your time of need. We can come right now, especially if we're in need, especially if there are things in our life we're afraid of, ashamed of, and feel guilty about. We come now. This is your desire, God. This is what you're longing for us. We come not by works, but by grace through faith, which is a free gift. No one reading this is any better than anyone else. Here we are in your presence, Lord, and we ask, God, that you would silence the enemy around us in our mind and in our life. We are so used to listening to the enemy and the world and our flesh all the time. Silence the voices. We pray in the name of Jesus. We say the Lord rebukes you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. You have lost. You are done. You are over. We bow our knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We don't bow to anyone else. The Lord rebukes you, Satan, in the name of Jesus, in whom you must obey. 
Lord, fill us with the fullness of your spirit. Silence our own voice that our mind is tied up with your mind, our spirit bound to your spirit. The Lord, yes, Lord, let us begin hearing from you in a deep new way like we've never heard before or maybe even for the first time. Lord, here's the first question we want to ask you. God, what is the most important thing you want to say to me right now? In the name of Jesus, amen.